Hello and welcome to LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today I'm here with Jesse McGill, ANAC Curriculum Development Specialist, to discuss some tips on getting caught up on MDS assessments when you've fallen behind. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. Glad to have you here with us, Jesse. Let's get started. Jesse, MDS assessment is an important part of the nurse assessment coordinators or NAC's job. Why might some facilities fall behind on this process? That's right, Rebecca. There are actually many reasons why a facility may fall behind on the assessment schedule. It could be due to turnover or illness in the MDS department. It could be due to an understaffed MDS department or that the MDS nurse was pulled to the floor to cover illnesses or short staffing on the floor or it could be due to unprecedented events like COVID-19. If I understand correctly, CMS gave nursing homes some leeway on MDS completion in light of COVID-19. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, so in early March, CMS waived nursing home regulations which require timely completion of MDS assessments. They waived only the timeframe in which the assessments are to be completed and submitted to provide some relief to nursing homes if and when they need it due to the pandemic. But the facility is still responsible to eventually complete and submit all of the assessments required during this timeframe. Jesse, if a facility is in a situation where they need to divert focus away from MDS completion because of COVID-19, what can be delayed and what still must be done now? That is a great question, Rebecca. The NAC must still schedule MDSs. This means that the assessment reference date, or ARD, must still be set timely. Supporting documentation that must be completed during the appropriate look-back windows and the MDS interview still must be done. We cannot move around those windows. Once they're set, we have to have that documentation within that window. The MDS interviews are to be done preferably the day of or the day before the ARD. But the actual completion of the MDS is what can be delayed. And again, eventually the team will need to complete and submit all of these assessments. So this is just temporary relief from CMS to be used only when it's necessary. Thanks, Jesse, for that clarification. So how does a facility get caught up when they get behind? The first thing I would recommend is to have a strong assessment of the situation. Identify how many assessments are late and the estimated time needed to complete those assessments. You must also consider your current and projected assessment caseload, keeping in mind that you have assessments that are currently due, not late yet, and as you proceed throughout your calendar, you're going to have more assessments, more new admissions, so added MDS assessments. So we need to identify how many hours per day or per week that you can dedicate to the completion of the late assessments on top of all your other work duties. Also, this information needs to be well communicated with your leadership team. There may be decisions that can be made by the leadership team to excuse the NAC from meetings or from other duties to allow more time to catch up on these late assessments. If there is a backup MDS coordinator or a sister facility NAC who's available, they may also be utilized to help catch up. These types of decisions must be made in conjunction with your leadership. That is a great tip, Jesse. Once they are ready to start working on the late assessments, is there a way they should be prioritized? Yeah, there's a couple ways I would recommend prioritizing. 
of which assessments you want to do first. One way is to see which assessments are going to be used for payment first. So if you have Medicare PPS assessments that need to be completed and submitted so that they can be billed, your team may prioritize these assessments first. Another way to prioritize is to identify what residents have more than one assessments due or have a current assessment in place. So, for example, if you have a late five-day in admission assessment and the resident has now recently discharged, so you have a current OBRA and PPS combined discharge assessment that also needs to be completed, you can pull the records for this resident for both assessment periods and complete these assessments during the same setting so you have the same medical record and information pulled to do your research. So one thing you have to be very careful for is that you have a couple different look back periods based on each assessment. So you have to be very careful to monitor the information and keep your assessment periods separate as you complete these two separate assessments. I can see how that can save time, but also be a little tricky to manage. Do you have any other tips on prioritizing? Another thing I recommend is to separate your closed records from your current records. So your closed records would be residents who have discharge return not anticipated and their medical records have actually been pulled from the floor. I would recommend giving this list of all the closed records that you need to your health information management professional and allow them time to gather all those records to ensure that all records have been filed that you will need to complete your assessment. Jesse, can you clarify what types of records may not be filed yet that the NAC may need to wait on? Yeah, so oftentimes a chart will be closed, but there may be a record such as a telephone order that was out for a physician signature or a weight record that was not pulled with the rest of the chart. So when you notify your health information management professional that you are needing that resident's record and all of their maybe loose records that are waiting to be filed, they can gather those for you and have that completed so you have a lot less time researching and finding the information and it's already gathered for you. Thanks, Jesse. That does make sense. Any other way the NAC should organize? Yeah, for current residents with late assessments, there's a couple things to consider. Uh, first is that the look back period is in a current month or in a prior month. The reason that's important is if you're looking at an assessment that has a look back period into prior month records, especially anything that is paper, medication record, treatment record, restorative record, weights, those prior month records may have been pulled and are pending for filing in the medical record. So we may need to also work with our health information professionals to ensure all those records from prior months have been filed before we complete the record so that we ensure we have the most accurate information. Now, if your facility has electronic records, you may not have the same experience. You may have to, if it's not already printed and filed, though, you may have to print those uh, medical records so that they are in the record for supporting documentation. So it's really going to vary based on whether your records are paper or electronic. Another thing I would recommend is to organize late assessments by unit or floor. And this can allow you to gather information on multiple residents when you're visiting that unit of the facility. So for example, if the unit's weights are kept in a binder, when you have your notes that have all the residents in that unit and you have their look back periods, you know what their 30 day look back is and their 100 day look back is, you can go check those weights, get all that information in one stop rather than accessing that binder every time you need to research a new resident. 
Thanks, Jesse. I see how that could be a time saver. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. The APACAN conference will now be hosted as a virtual event, June 3rd through 5th, and will feature the same great content and expert speakers as originally planned for with the in-person conference. All attendees will receive recordings of the full conference. This means you'll be able to hear every session and earn more than 35 continuing education credits. Registration opens in early May. Learn more today at apacan.org. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Jesse McGill about getting caught up on MDS assessments that have fallen behind. So Jesse, now that the NAC has prioritized and organized the assessment caseload, do you have any tips on coding the MDS? When you code the MDS, it must be based on the medical record and the supporting documentation. We teach in our resident assessment coordinator certification course, RAC-CT, that the MDS must be a reproducible assessment, which means that anyone else that comes in to look at this assessment, they'd be able to come to the same coding conclusions based on the same supporting documentation that we did. This is the same practice that we have to follow with late assessments. We can only use the supporting documentation in the chart, and we can only code what is actually supported during that appropriate look-back period. However, when the NAC is reviewing documentation during or immediately following a look-back period for a current assessment, there may be an opportunity to correct it. So for example, if your ARD of your five-day admission was on day eight, and on day nine, the NAC identifies a questionable documentation in the residence activities of daily living, the NAC may be able to visit with the nurse aide about that possible error. And if it is an error, educate the nurse aide and correct the documentation per the facility policy. But when you're working on an assessment that is late, you most likely will be beyond any correction period for your facility. So first, it's important to understand what your facility's policy and procedure is for corrections. So for example, you may not be able to correct an old entry that is questionable, but you might be able to correct an old entry that is deemed impossible by the medical record. So for example, if a resident is not ambulatory, and the medical record, the care plan, the diagnosis all support that the resident does not have the functional ability to ambulate, but there's documentation in the look back period that he was up walking in the corridor on one occasion. The medical record proves that this is an error and that it should not be included in the ADLs. So again, based on your facility's policy and procedure, you might be able to correct this type of coding error but you will not be able to research and clarify and educate on a questionable coding that you find in the medical record. Thanks for that example, Jesse. What should the NAC do if there just isn't any information to support coding on the MDS? That is a great question, Rebecca. The NAC must use the dash to indicate no information is available, and that's used any time that there's no supporting documentation in the medical record to code the MDS. Is that the same for if any of the resident interviews were not completed? The interviews can be a little tricky. For most of the interviews, if the resident was interviewable and the interview was just not done, then we actually cannot proceed to the staff interview, so it would all be dashed. But there is a special circumstance for the BIMS interview for a standalone Medicare assessment. 
And that is if the BIMS interview is not completed, then we are able to code the items that are used to determine the staff assessment of cognition under PDPM. And this includes just a couple MDS items. It's B0100, coma, or persistent vegetative state, which includes some GG items. B0700, how the resident makes themselves understood. C0700, short-term memory problems, and C1000, cognitive skills for daily decision-making. We're able to use these MDS items for, again, a standalone PPS assessment if the BEMS interview is not completed for any reason, and we're able to determine a cognition status for PDPM methodology. However, we still want to complete that BIMS interview whenever possible. And again, this can only be used for the PDPM methodology when the BIMS interview is not completed. So what would happen under PDPM if neither the BIMS or the staff assessment could be completed? In that case, the residents considered cognitively intact, but just for the purposes of PDPM methodology, is there anything else the NAC should consider when it comes to the resident interviews? Yes, while the interviews may be used in payment methodology under PDPM and may also be used in some state case mix methodologies for Medicaid payment, it's important to understand that the role of the interviews goes much beyond that. The interview is actually the way to include the resident voice in the care plan and in the assessment process. So if the interview cannot be completed timely in order to be included on that MDS, you should still interview the resident so that their voice can be reflected in the care plan. This has been great information, Jesse. Are there any final thoughts you want to leave our audience with? The last thing I want to bring up is just about your state policies. Some states have penalties for late completion of a mission assessment or other OBRA assessments. So it's really important to understand any payment penalties that your state may have and to use this information when you're prioritizing late assessments. Also keep in mind that some Medicare Advantage plans have been known to penalize for late completion of the PPS assessments. So if you work with a Medicare Advantage plan that you are aware that they penalize for late completion, also prioritize these assessments to be completed as timely as possible. Currently, we have the CMS waiver that relieves us of the deadlines for completion and submission of MDSs. But once this waiver is over, there's also the risk of receiving citations during state survey for late completion or late submission of your MDS assessments. Thanks, Jesse. It does sound like if you're behind in assessment completion, it really does have a huge impact on reimbursement, care planning, and survey. That is so true, Rebecca. And one more thing, right at the beginning, we were talking about developing a plan, assessing your situation, developing that plan to get you back on track. That plan that you develop, make sure you include it in your QAPI process. That is a great closing tip. Thank you for that great information, Jesse. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If this podcast was informative and helpful, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools on all things MDS, please visit our website at www.aanac.org.